Welcome, folks, to Brand of Man Ministries, building one disciple at a time for the cause of Christ. I'm your host, Will Hunsaker, and please turn with me today to Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to look at verses 15 through 21. Now, here Paul's simply going to continue the theme he's been on for all of chapter 4 and most of chapter 5. And it's pretty been pretty general as opposed to a real specific direction. He's talking about the church in general, how we should treat each other and, uh, and how best to do that. He'll get more specific in verse 22. We'll do that next week. But we're going to close this portion, this general portion out of, uh, of Paul's imperatives on how to act as Christians. So just as a reminder here in chapter four, Paul's theme was that stressing the importance of the Christian moving from their old self that was dead in sin to their new self that is now alive in Christ. Not an easy thing. But he's stressing that this we're moving in this direction. And then so far in chapter five, he's pretty much just been fleshing that thought out. Hey, how do we do that? Well, this is how. And it's all been about loving your neighbor. So it's a very general, he gives specific imperatives, but it's in a general sense. He's talking about the community of believers. So let's look at the text here today. We're going to start in verse 15. And I said, we're going to close out this general thinking. So from the Apostle Paul, we're going to read through verse 21. So then, Paul says, be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father, and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ, Ephesians 5 verses 15 through 21. Now, those first two verses, 15 and 16, pretty impressive statement. He says, so then be careful how you walk, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time because the days are evil. Pretty impressive, as I said. That's verses 15 and 16. What Paul seems to be emphasizing here is that everything we do should be very important to us because our time is limited especially now that we are know we're in Christ. Christ is in us. We're in him. There is a union that has been promised from eternity past by the Father that believers will unify with Christ through the Spirit. Now, this time is limited because of death that we inherited from the fall. Death shortens our time here, and it is limited because Christ could return at any moment as well. Now, because time is short, therefore, opportunities will be short, and evil will always be present in it to try and mess things up. So the days are evil, and that is a dual meaning. Evil is always present, as I said. We can't uh, deny that. And the days are limited because evil is present. 
death is here. So Paul adds, this is verse 17, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now, this whole concept of foolishness, Paul has written about several times, but there's one here that I think is real uh, significant for our text today. This is from his letter to uh, the Corinthians. It's the first one, uh, chapter 3, verse 19. And it says, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in the sight of God. So if you jump back to 17, you say, therefore, do not be foolish. Well, then do not succumb to the wisdom of this world. Now, that doesn't mean that laws and uh, other imperatives in a civil government are not important. What this means is that our spiritual wisdom especially things regarding God, is foolishness to him because we don't have it figured out. So Paul basically here is saying, how do you not act foolishly then? Know the will of the Lord. Do not act unwisely, but wisely. Well, how do we do that? Well, Solomon actually spoke about this thousands of years prior to this. He spilled ink on this quite a few times in Proverbs. Proverbs 9.10 is the one I, I really like with this. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the more we get to that point, the wiser we become, the less foolish we become. That will never be perfected until Christ returns, but that's the progressive part. But it's not for us. We're already saved. It's for God's plan and for others. Love your brother, right? Love your brother as you would yourself. So if we go back to Ephesians 17, we can see that reducing foolishness begins with a reverent fear and knowledge of the will of God. Where do we find that? The Bible. Something to keep in mind here, though, when we're talking about wisdom it's not always a simple choice between what is right and wrong. It often involves being able to tell what is best, which when you get into the category of what is right, it's not always just against what is wrong. It's also involves what is best. So it's not always simple, not always black and white. In our fallen state, even when we do good things, there's always an element of sin in them. Now, many people will disagree with that, but if you really dig down deep, there's some pride in there, there's self-indulgence in there, even when we do good things. And why do we do the good thing? Is it to honor God or something else? Just a few things to think about. Because we, there's always that element of sin in everything we do, that's why we need Christ. So we can't do all this just on our own 100%. Let's move on. Verses 18 through 21. So now here, Paul's going to give a contrast of what that foolish life would look like, as opposed to one attempting to live out the reality of what Christ has done for them. So verse 18 through 21, and do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the heart to the Lord always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God 
and Father and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ, 18 through 21. Now, it appears what Paul is saying here is never drink any alcohol, don't let it ever touch your lips, and spend every waking moment in church. Now, believe it or not, you will hear that interpretation from many Christian churches. That's not what Paul is saying here. Remember, context is always king. So we want to read the surrounding text. He is given an example of what foolish behavior looks like. Drinking alcohol to excess. He says that will lead to a separation from God. That will lead to debauchery. He didn't say, don't ever let wine touch your lips or never have a glass with dinner. He says, don't get drunk on it. That will lead to foolish behavior. But he says, instead, act as Christians filled with the Spirit in that covenant promise from God. You're sealed by the Spirit. Union with Christ, that's guaranteed for you. So we should fellowship with one another, right? In word and worship, reading the Bible, singing songs in glorification of God, and always giving thanks for the grace that God poured out upon us in Jesus Christ. These are all natural outflows of the Christian life but not for merit or self-indulgent. We do not do these things to flex our spiritual muscle among ourselves, among the church body. We don't say, hey, look at what great Christians we are. He says, no, this is in the context to all this singing and praising. There's a context for this. All this singing, praising, and worshiping. It's all to be done in the name and fearful reverence of Christ. Everything is to be done for him, not ever for ourselves. This is always at the center of Paul's letters, and it's definitely at the center of this one. He took the first three chapters of this telling you what God has done for you through Jesus Christ. Nothing you could ever accomplish on your own. God has done it, and now he's telling us how to live out that reality how to be grateful for all of that. And when you are, it brings other people to him. That's his plan. So we should never point to ourselves and say, hey, look at all this praise and worship we're doing. Aren't we great Christians? Well, sure, we're to do those things, but not for any kind of merit from God. Now look at one more time here, folks, while we close this little short section out. Verses 20 through 21. And remember here, keep in context, the word always means exactly that, always. And all things means exactly that, all things. So verses 20 and 21. Always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to our God and Father and subject ourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. So it's never about what we do. It's always about what he has done. Thank you for listening. Now, next up on Open Your Bibles, we'll turn to the last section of chapter 5 with verses 22 through 33. Now, I said, Paul is going to shift here now a little bit. 
He's going to go from how Christians should act with others and the church in general to their conduct with family. Grace and peace be with you all. And remember, the Bible cannot mean anything different today than it did back then.